This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Welcome to Thursday's episode. I am finally back to recording, back to a typical schedule. I was gone for a week, I guess. I kind of like put away my microphone and did not do anything related to the podcast for about a week. And it felt so weird. And now I feel like I don't even know how to record anymore. So bear with me. Um, Today's episode is about when does a vacation feel like a vacation again after you have a child or kids? Um, And I put this question up on my stories on Instagram and it appears that everyone else has the exact same question. So, and it's interesting because I haven't even, I mean, for over a year now, we haven't been able to go anywhere with Milo, really. But even just in the little kind of holidays that we have taken up north to my parents' property, you know, the first time was a freaking nightmare. And Milo was probably under two years old for sure. I think, yeah, under two years old. And now he's almost three. And I will say that the under two years old trip up north was a nightmare for sleeping and just for me not even being able to sit down for two seconds because there's so many more like hazards and nothing's baby proofed and they're wanting to explore everything because it's a new environment. So that part, but also the sleeping arrangements. And I talk about sleeping arrangements a lot and I ask the question a lot, how the hell do you travel with your child, with your toddler? And this time going up north was pretty good because Milo had his own room at my parents' house and so we just did his typical bedtime routine and he took to it really well. He just went to bed a little bit later because we were on vacation, you know? So that's fine. I didn't expect him to have the same time bedtime. Um, But yeah, he went to bed really well. So that wasn't so much an issue anymore. But how often are people traveling and then you have a separate room for your toddler? I mean, if you're going to a resort, if you're staying at a hotel, like in a city for a few days or like an Airbnb. Many people, I'm assuming, don't travel, especially if you have multiple children, for them to have their own room that's dark and they have their sound machine and it's like well set up for them to sleep. So I'm assuming as they get older, it gets a little bit more enjoyable and it's similar to being at home. I find the worst 
you know, stage of Milo's life so far for me. And by worst, I mean just it wasn't as enjoyable to me as other stages was when he started crawling up until he was like two and a half years old, let's say, because once he started to be able to play on his own and I could be cooking dinner while he was, let's be honest, I don't cook dinner. I don't know why I said cook dinner, but let's say I was cleaning the living room, you know, and he was in the playroom playing. I don't have to worry so much because he's not at the stage anymore where he's putting everything in his mouth. He's you know, bunking his head on everything that comes in his way. So that was the worst stage for me. So I think that would also be the worst stage to travel for me. People always say that it's the best time to travel is when your baby is like before they start crawling. So keep that in mind. If you have a child and you're thinking about taking a vacation, Make sure it's before that crawl milestone because then it's, you know, it's hard to even sit on a plane, sit in the car because they just want to be moving. A long time ago, it wasn't a long time ago, it was last summer, after that first trip up north with Milo when he was under two years old, I put out an episode that was called Why Taking Your Child on Vacation is Not Relaxing. No, it's called Why Taking Your Child on a Holiday is Exhausting. And that is episode number seven. So if you want to go listen to that episode, feel free. I probably am just like raging about the trip we had and his not sleeping. And now, and was he in his crib at that point? No, I don't think he was. Oh my God, I don't remember anything. Like the days just blend in, but I think that trip, he was still in his crib. And then a couple, like a month or so ago, we went again up north and my parents' house wasn't ready to be like to stay in yet. So we were at my Mamera's place. So Milo and I were sharing a room and that was just a nightmare. Neither Milo nor I are built to sleep with other people. He doesn't sleep with me. I don't sleep with him. It was so rage-inducing. Oh my god, I was exhausted. Anyways, okay, let's get on topic here. I made a little outline and then I start, I hit record and then I just go off on a tangent. Okay, so trips, even just the thought of going away. Like, for example, we are going to Vancouver in September and I'm already thinking about like what we need to pack, especially on the plane. It's like a five-hour flight. What do we need on the plane? We have to pack his car seat. Like so many things. What what do we need when we're going to be there? He needs his sound machine, yada, yada, yada. So it's stressful just to think about going away with kids because you want to pack as many things as possible to make your life easier once you get to your destination because it's not your usual environment. So it's already going to be difficult. So now you want to bring everything that you possibly can to make the trip a little bit more enjoyable or a little bit easier on you. 
So you want to bring their favorite toys. Like for us, he has to have his sound machine. He has to have his blackout blind for the window. He has to have toys or activities that he can have on the plane that are new to him so that he's excited and it keeps his attention a little bit longer. We have to have the tablets charged, make sure there's blippy episodes downloaded. People always ask about our tablet and we have, so the blue tablet that Milo often has in my Instagram stories is the Amazon Fire and in Canada, on Amazon Prime, there are Blippy episodes because a lot of people are like, how do you have Blippy on the tablet? That is how. We are going to need snacks galore for the plane ride. And I'm talking like Timbits, Goldfish, Fruit Snacks, all his favorite things because if he starts to, you know, act special... Um, I need to be able to whip out a snack or a toy or an activity that's going to completely distract him and keep him happy. We are going to my mother and father-in-law's house. So Milo will have his own bedroom, which is amazing. Another issue is that because it's in Vancouver and we live in Toronto, it's going to be a three-hour time difference. So I was looking into, you know, tips for traveling with kids when you're going to be changing time zones. And a lot of people suggest to slowly start adjusting your child to the time zone that you're traveling to, especially if your trip is going to be short. So we're only going for five days. So you don't want to use the five days trying to adjust to the time. And then as soon as you are adjusted and your kid is adjusted, now you're flying back home. So they say, you know, four to seven days before you leave to slowly adjust the time that they do things. So their bedtime, their wake up time, their nap, whatever it might be to adjust it by like 15 to 30 minutes per day so that by the time you leave, they're almost on the new time or wherever you're traveling to. They're on that time zone almost so that it's not as big of a change for them. I really like that idea because I don't want the first few days of our trip to be a nightmare or to be not enjoyable because he's messed up and like he's not really one to be that affected by not having much sleep or having too much sleep. So it's not a huge concern, but I do worry because it's like, how often do you get to travel and you don't want to go there and not be able to enjoy it? This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. 
The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed.
So our initial plan was, and I don't know what I was thinking, but I was so gung-ho on taking Milo somewhere outside of Vancouver. And like, we're only there for five days. We get there in the afternoon on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we had planned to take the ferry over to Victoria. So it's like an hour drive to the ferry terminal. Then it's a two, two or three hour ferry ride to, Vic, to the Vancouver Island. And then it's a 30 minute drive to downtown Victoria from the ferry terminal. So I had this like big idea that we were going to go to his parents' house from the airport, spend the evening there. Milo, you know, we don't know what that evening is going to look like or what that bedtime is going to look like because it's a brand new place for him. He's been there before, but he probably doesn't remember. So who knows what that's going to be. And then we were going to up and go the next day to Victoria to an Airbnb for two nights. So it's another brand new place. We picked an Airbnb where he could have his own room. But again, it's like so much moving around and new environments. And then we would get back to Vancouver on the Saturday and he would be at his parents' house for two more nights and then we'd be, we'd be going home. So I was like, whoa, this is a little bit too much. So we decided to cancel the Airbnb in Victoria because I didn't want to overload Milo with all these new environments and having to sleep in all these different areas. I think our trip would be much more enjoyable if we just go to my husband's parents' house, stay there, get him comfortable there, and do some activities from Vancouver. So we're thinking about taking him to the aquarium. Maybe we'll take a trip up to Whistler. I don't know. Another thing is until you actually get into the environment, it's hard to kid-proof it. So for example, like maybe we could FaceTime with my mother-in-law and go through the house and be like, oh, can you move this? Can you move this? Because he'll get into that. And same with the room that he's going to be sleeping in. It's hard to know what you're going to have to do until you get there. So at my parents' property, because it's a brand new house, his room was literally a bare room with a mattress on it. So it was kind of perfect. But going to my mother-in-law and my father-in-law's house, I don't really know what's going to be in his room yet. And it's going to be hard to tell what he can get into until he's there trying to get into shit. And then it's like figuring out the monitor and all that stuff. Another thing that makes holidays with kids difficult is I think there's a lot of pressure on parents to give the children all the fun experiences. So for example, in I had this like, I really wanted to take Milo to Victoria to go see um, Beacon Hill Park, which I'm obsessed with. There's like a little petting zoo. There's peacocks walking around. There's all these flowers and gardens everywhere. I wanted to take him to the ocean on Dallas Road. I wanted to take him to Fisherman's Wharf and see the the seals in the water and to feed them. Like there were so many things that I wanted to do with him, but it's like, whoa, he's a kid and, you know, is he going to last through all these things? So now that we're going to stay in Vancouver, I still like I want to take him to the aquarium. Like I want him to have fun, even though he could literally play Legos and 
have the time of his life. It's like I have these expectations and I want to do all these things for him, but really, is it for him or is it for myself? Like, I don't know. So I think parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to have these really busy schedules with all these fun things and events and activities like jam-packed into vacation, which then makes it totally not relaxing. And if anything, it just makes it stressful. I know one thing that makes going up north a little bit more difficult is all the hazards. Like there's lots of water everywhere. There's like big rocks places. There's, you know, the decks where he can get slivers. Like there's just so many more hazards especially when you're going to a place that is like camping or someone's cottage. And again, nothing is kid-proofed. So I feel like I constantly have to be watching him and like be on high alert when he is walking around exploring and playing. So I asked you guys to send in your answer for the question, when do vacations feel like vacation? And I think I gained some valuable insight. So a lot of people were just basically saying vacations feel like a vacation when you go by yourself and leave the kids at home or when kids turn 18. Oh my God, I'm burping on a podcast. Okay, when kids turn 18 years old, um, someone else said when other kids will be on the trip as well, it's easy because they keep keep each other busy and they play. A lot of people gave the ages six, around six or seven years old. I know someone also said that they took their four-year-old somewhere And then the next year when they were five years old, it seemed to be a lot easier. Um, Someone said that the account Safe in the Seat, which I love that account. If you don't follow them, follow for car seat safety stuff. Um, Someone said that she said family trips are not vacations. So we shouldn't even be considering family trips a vacation. Um, which is nice because it's kind of changing your perspective and your expectations about the trip, which I am huge about expectations. I think it can totally change your experience in something. Like if you are expecting something and it doesn't happen, it's going to be 10 times more upsetting than if you didn't have those expectations in the first place and then it didn't happen. So I think managing our expectations when it comes to taking family trips and maybe not even labeling them as vacations or as holidays, maybe they should just be called family trips. A lot of people pointed out that, you know, going on a family trip is just parenting on location or it's parenting with a view, which I love that. And there was a lot of recommendations that parents, especially new parents, get some time alone, even if it's just like I know my husband and I would go into downtown Toronto for a night and my mom would stay with Milo. I mean, maybe that happened a couple times before the pandemic um, started, but It was just nice to get away and not have kids around and just spend time with your partner because a family trip, even if you want to take this vacation to spend time with your family, 
really you're both going to be tending to the kids for the majority of the trip. So it is important to try and get time with just you and your partner, even if it's like, I really, now that COVID is starting to get a little bit better, although people say it's starting to get worse now, which makes me nervous, but we were looking into having a babysitter come every so often so that my husband and I can go for dinner, go to the movies, like even go for a walk, do something together without Milo around. And it sounds mean when I say it out loud, but like it needs to not be mean and that needs to just be a normal thing that parents do. I think there's like this negative view when people say like, oh, I want time away from my kids. But I think that's important. And I think it's important for romantic relationships as well for you guys to have alone time that's not, you know, alone time downstairs while your kid is upstairs and you have the monitor next to you. So I am going to start adjusting my expectations when it comes to family trips. I'm not going to call them vacations or holidays anymore. I'm going to make it a priority to spend time with my husband alone and also do things on my own alone or with friends. Usually when we go to Vancouver, I take a night and I stay downtown with my brother and my sister-in-law. So that's always fun and it's something to look forward to. Now we have never taken Milo on a big trip where we're staying at a hotel for like a week or at a resort. But we do want to do that eventually because we used to love going to resorts or, you know, taking an actual vacation where we're staying at a hotel or whatever. So my biggest thing is I think if we were to do that, like let's say we were going to go to Mexico or something for a week, I would want to bring another adult, even if we have to pay their ticket that's fine. I would want to bring either my mother-in-law or my mom, my sister, someone who, you know, a few nights out of the time that we're there, they can take Milo or like they can take him for the day to play while we go and do some kind of excursion together. I think it would be so worth it in the end to have someone else there that can help with the kids. I know that's probably not doable all the time and like I don't even know if we would be able to do it because everyone is so busy and who knows what it would cost and you know I don't even know but that's just what I think. So I think if you can do that I think that would be amazing. So stay tuned to my Instagram because I am sure I will, you know, give lots of information about what we're packing and how the traveling process goes with Milo and also once we're there, how that goes. I'm going to give an update about our most recent trip up north and how that went. If you have a young baby, go travel, go do some holidays now while they can't move because once they start to crawl, it's a problem. Um... If you have a toddler, just keep in mind that once they're five, six, seven years old, things are going to look up. Things are already looking up with Milo and he's only three. So, and if you have some wild sleep, um, like magic that, you know, like what do you do when you stay in a hotel with a toddler? 
it just seems like a nightmare. I don't know how people do it because I couldn't even do it at my Mamere's place sharing a room with Milo. Like we just didn't sleep. So now I'm kind of dreading going somewhere where the three of us, like me, my husband and Milo, have to share a hotel room or like a resort room. And I'm like, oh my God, are we going to have to get two rooms that are connected or something? Anyways, let me know on the in, on the Instagram account for the podcast. It's at the mom room podcast on Instagram. So yeah, tell me and I'll share some like what what I'll share what other people do in those situations. So that is it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast or follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, Also, I have a merch giveaway going on on Instagram. You can find it at the.mom.room. It, the contest will close on Friday at noon. So by the time this episode is published, you can still go and enter. It's to win a surprise gift that I bought up north that I love. And also your choice of t-shirt from the Mom Room Shop. And you can check out the shop at themomroomshop.com. And yeah, I hope your kids sleep tonight, guys. I really, really do. <laughs> <laughs>